Hello and welcome back. We are continuing on our journey with Min Lee. We are now inside the city where the with the Buffalo Boy and we're trying to figure out what the next clue means. Let's see if chapter 19 has the answer. Here we go. Chapter 19. Min Lee started awake as she heard the scraping of the door against the dirt. The moonlight streamed in from the window, lighting the bare hut. The boy had given her his pile of grass to sleep on and joined the buffalo, using more of its grass as a pillow. But as the buffalo snored loudly, Minley could see the bowl-shaped hollow in the hay was empty. I wonder where he went, Minley said, and she found herself thinking of Ma and Ba and Dragon all waiting for her. Suddenly, the room seemed to ache with loneliness. The boy must be meeting his friend, Minley realized and unable to control her curiosity, she crept to the window to peek. Yes, the friend was there. Minley was startled when she saw her. Even with the buffalo boy blocking most of her view, Minley could see his friend was beautiful, even more beautiful than he had described her. She seemed to glow like a pearl in the moonlight, and her deep blue silk dress seemed to be the same color as the sky. The bag she held in her graceful hand seemed to be made out of the same silk, but the silver thread embroidered on it made it look as if it were made from a piece of the star-scattered sky. Everything about her seemed finer and more delicate than the average person. There was definitely something unusual about the buffalo boy's friend. Minley watched her laugh and then listened intently as the buffalo boy spoke. He gestured to the house and Minley ducked down just out of sight as the friend glanced toward her. He must be asking her about how I can see the king, Min Lee thought. As soon as she dared, Min Lee peeked again out of the window. The buffalo boy's friend had her eyes closed towards the sky, as if listening to the wind. Then she looked at the buffalo boy and spoke. He nodded and the girl smiled at what Min Lee imagined was the buffalo boy's enthusiastic thanks. Min Lee sat down on the wooden stool. She knows a lot of things the buffalo boy had said about his friend. After seeing her, Minley was ready to believe it. But who is she? Minley asked aloud. And just then, the buffalo boy came back inside. Oh, you're awake, he said when he saw Minley. As much as he tried, he couldn't hide the leftover smiles and laughter from his visit. His eyes sparkled as he sprawled himself out on the bed of grass. I talked to my friend. She said that the king might be at the market of green abundance tomorrow morning, but you're going to have to find him yourself. Really? Minley said. How did she know? The boy shrugged. You didn't ask? Minley asked. Don't you think it's mysterious that you only see her once in a while and you never visit her? She only visits you? And that she knows things like where the king might be tomorrow? Who is she really? She's my friend, the boy said simply. That's who she is. And that's enough for me. As Min Lee looked at the buffalo boy, a glow with happiness against his poor surroundings, she saw it was enough for him, more than enough. As the smile that kept curling up his face told her, Min Lee's questions fell from her as she realized there was nothing else to say. Chapter 20. Ma and Ba walked quietly through the forest. Their steps made a rhythm to the music of the forest noises. Ba's arms ached from carrying the goldfish bowl, but he said nothing. 
I can carry the goldfish if you are tired, Ma said. Ba opened his mouth to protest when he heard, Let her, old man. It's her way of saying she's not angry anymore. Ba closed his mouth and looked at the fishbowl and then at Ma. She stood, waiting, clearly ignorant of the fish's words. He handed the bowl to Ma. If it gets heavy, I can take it back, he said. We can take turns, Ma said, nodding. Ma was carrying the fishbowl when the night fell and they came back home to the village. The neighbors saw their return and all crowded around as if they were selling good luck. Did you find Min Lee? They asked. Where is she? Where did you get the goldfish? Both Ma and Ba shook their heads over and over again. No, they said, we didn't find her. We don't know where she is. The goldfish is from the goldfish peddler. We followed his footsteps, thinking they were Min Lee's. And we decided, Ba said finally, to come back and wait. After she finds Neverending Mountain, Min Lee will come home. Wait for her, one of the neighbors said. How can you let your daughter search for the Neverending Mountain? You were just as lost as her. We tried to find her, but now we do not know where to look. So we will wait, Ba said, and then glanced at Ma who, through her lips tightened at the neighbor's words, did not disagree. We trust Min Lee. She will come home. And then Ma and Ba went into their house, leaving the sea of shaking heads behind them. Ma placed the goldfish bowl on the table and quietly began making dinner. A soft breeze seemed to blow in the moonlight, spilling it through the open window and lighting the bowl like a lantern. Ba looked at Ma cautiously. Her face looked weary, but the gentle wind that rippled the bull's water seemed to smooth the creases of her face. And when the cloud white rice was finished, Ma took her chopsticks and fed the fish from her bowl. Chapter 21. Minley and the buffalo boy pushed through the crowd as the sun burned the tops of their heads. Minley, used to the spare harvest of her village, couldn't help gaping at the tall mounds of food for sale at the market of green abundance. The street and open courtyard were filled with umbrella-covered stands and stalls, flaunting jade-colored cabbages, curled cucumbers, purple eggplants, and tangy oranges. Glossy sugared hawthorn berries, like rubies on a stick, made Minley's mouth water. I don't see the king anywhere, Minley said. Well, maybe he's not here yet, the buffalo boy said. I don't know if I'll find him here, Minley said. Now in the daylight, the buffalo boy's friend didn't seem as extraordinary. What would the king be doing at a street market anyway? She said he'd be here, so he will, the buffalo boy said, his mouth making a stubborn line. Hey, get away from that, a vendor yelled as the buffalo attempted to eat frosty green lettuce. The buffalo boy quickly pulled him away. Get your buffalo out of here, the vendor shouted, as red-faced as the radishes he was selling. I better take him away, the buffalo boy said, pulling the buffalo's head away from the arrays of attempting food. He's hungry. I should take him to pasture. I'll stay here, Minley said. You don't need to look for the king with me. Okay, the boy said. If you need a place to stay tonight, you know where my hut is. If not, maybe I'll see you around. Good luck. Thanks, Minley said. But as he carelessly waved goodbye, she realized she might not see him again. Before he disappeared from sight, she grabbed the last coin out of her bag and ran to him. Wait, Minley said. Here, take this. 
No, the boy laughed. I don't need that. You keep it. But Minley started, but he had already turned around. Goodbye, she heard him call, and the buffalo snorted a farewell as well. Minley smiled wearily to herself. Now what? Minley thought as she wandered past stalls, weaving around merchants and customers. How am I supposed to find the king here? Please spare a piece of fruit for an old man, a voice creaked. Minley turned around and saw a wrinkled poor man begging at a peach stand. He was dirty and bent, and his clothes looked as if they were made from rags, used to wash floors. Please, he begged the peach vendor. I'm so thirsty. One small peach, your smallest. Go away, old man, the fat vendor said. No money, no peach. Please, the beggar said again weakly. Pity a tired old man. Get away from here, you worthless beggar, the vendor spat out, or I'll call the guards on you. The vendor's loud voice had attracted attention from passerby, and a small crowd began to form in front of the peach stand. It's disgraceful to treat an old man like that, someone murmured. Just give him a peach. All of you are so generous with my property, the vendor glared at the crowd. If you care so much, buy him a peach. As Minley watched the baker's hands outstretched and shaking with hunger, she felt a sharp pang inside her. It reminded her of Ba reaching out with his last chopstick full of rice for her fish. The copper coin she had offered to the buffalo boy was warm in her hand. She could almost feel her heart beating against its round edges. Here, she said, handing the vendor the coin. Then she picked the largest peach on the stand and handed it to the old man. He bowed to her gratefully and eagerly ate the peach. Forgetting about the inner city and the palace for a moment, Minley watched him. In fact, as if under a spell, the whole crowd stood and watched him swallow the fruit until he held a peach pit in his hand. Thank you, the beggar said in a much stronger voice. And he bowed to the onlooking people. The peach was so delicious. I wish for all of you to be able to taste it. If you would humor an old man and stay a little while, I'll share my good fortune. The old man took a small stick out of his pocket and bent down. In the dirt next to the black bricks, he dug a small hole and planted his peach pit. He stuck his stick upright in the little mound and then asked for water. Minley, now completely fascinated, took out her water jug and handed it to him. As he poured water onto his stick, it trembled. And was she imagining it? It seemed to grow. And it was growing. The stick grew higher and higher and thicker and thicker until it was the width of Minley's arm. When she could no longer see the top of it, pink flowers and branches began to blossom out of it. As the sweet scent of the flowers filled the air, Minley realized the stick had become a peach tree. The crowd of people seemed to realize this too, as they all gaped at it open-mouthed. Even the stingy vendor left his fruit stand to stare at it in awe. Like pink snow, the petals fell from the tree and made a soft carpet on the dirt. Green leaves sprouted, and as they cascaded over the branches, pale moon-colored balls like pearls developed. Almost as if they were small balloons being blown with air, they grew into round fruit. Blushing pink and red as they developed, soon the tree was heavy with them, and the air was full of enchanting smell of ripe peaches. Children gathered around and stared longingly at the luscious fruit, while the adults gulped with their mouths watering. Finally, the old man reached up, 
plucked a peach from the tree and handed it to one of the people in the crowd. Please, he said, help yourself. The crowd needed no other urging. Young children climbed the tree and passed down the fruit, while the taller adults simply stretched and grabbed. A boy with a tired horse climbed onto its back to reach an especially red peach that called him. Before long, everyone's mouths were full of soft, sweet peach flesh and groans of delight. Even the peach vendor, his stand forgotten, stood under the tree with his eyes closed contentedly and peach juice dribbling out of his mouth. Min Lee, however, did not join in the feast of peaches. If I hadn't been eating peaches all the way to the city, Min Lee said to herself, I'd be the first one climbing that tree. But as she was slightly tired of peaches, Min Lee saw that no one else did. What no one else did, she noticed that every time someone plucked a peach from the tree, a peach from the fruit stand disappeared. The beggar is using the vendor's peaches for his tree, Min Lee laughed to herself as she glanced at him through the fruit-eating crowd. He was watching with an amused look, and suddenly Min Lee saw that the beggar wasn't really that old at all. He must be a magician. Maybe he can help me get into the inner city. Min Lee edged toward him. As she weaved her way to him, the last peach was picked from the tree, and the leaves and branches began to disappear. The tree trunk seemed to shrivel into itself, and it grew thinner and shorter. The crowd had finished their peaches, and the ground was littered with peach pits. When Min Lee finally reached the beggar, the tiny twig of the tree vanished underneath the pile of peach pits, and the beggar was turning to leave. Wait, Min Lee said and grabbed his arm. However, as Min Lee took hold of his sleeve, it pulled back a glint of gold. Hastily, the beggar pushed back his sleeve, but the quick glance was enough for Min Lee to see that he wore a gold bracelet in the shape of a dragon. They stared at each other as Min Lee's quick-thinking mind somersaulted. Only the imperial family is allowed to use the image of the dragon. Dragon had said that. Everyone knows a golden dragon is always and only worn by kings said the buffalo boy. The words flashed in her mind, and Min Lee could scarcely breathe. You're wearing a dragon, Min Lee gasped. Only the... is allowed to wear the golden dragon? You must be... you must be... Where's the beggar? A loud, angry sh- shout cut through the chaos. Min Lee recognized the vendor's voice. He stole my peaches. I'll get him. Quickly, the beggar shook off Min Lee from his arm and began to run. She stared in shock as she finished her sentence. You must be, Minley whispered to the ragged, disappearing figure, the king. It seems like good de- deeds do pay off because Minley, out of the kindness of her heart, gave her last coin to the beggar, who in return she thinks is the king. Will she catch up to him? Will he help her? Stay tuned for tomorrow to find out.